You're listening to Dear God, What the Hell. We're your hosts, Amanda and Christina. The purpose of this podcast is to recognize where the white American evangelical Christian church has fallen short and to recommend ways the church can improve. This is a safe learning and sharing space where we are unpacking our own personal experiences with the church and its sometimes toxic theologies and teachings. We recognize that not all evangelical churches are the same. What we share is an expression of our own personal experiences and is not intended to paint a picture of the evangelical church as a whole. We hope that by joining us, you are able to reflect on and unpack your own experiences growing up in the church as well. Thanks for listening. Okay. Are we live? We are live. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first episode of Dear God, What the Hell? My name is Amanda, she, her, hers. And my name is Christina. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'm actually also okay. I thought about this yesterday. And I'm like, yeah, those ones work. So, all of the above. Yay! And we are so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh, we are so excited. <laughs> we're super excited. We're like nervous and awkward so, too, but it's it's gonna be a good time. We're we're trying to keep this light and just fun. And because yes. it's supposed to be a stress reliever during these stressful times. Yes. Oh my gosh, we are leaning into that weirdness and that awkwardness because um, what else is there to do? It's our first episode of our podcast. We've literally never recorded a podcast before. Both of us are brand new to this. Um, but I'll tell you what we are not brand new to. We are not brand new to the Christian Evangelical Church in America. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Oh, no, no, we are not. <laughs> we are we are pros at <laughs> growing up in the Evangelical Christian Church. Um, I know that, I mean, as a baby, I was dedicated you were too right yeah I think we had the same dedication gown. yeah I was gonna say I'm pretty sure we had the same right? dedication gown our parents shared that <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I think uh my brother also had the same gown <laughs> because it just went oh I believe line. it I wholeheartedly mm-hmm. believe it yeah but I mean we were a little too young to remember that so uh <laughs> oh god yeah I don't even remember that at all no um but this episode is just going to be introductions to uh, Amanda and I and our experiences, kind of a generalized overview as to our experiences in the church. Uh, why are we doing this? And kind of when did we realize that we had some issues with how we were brought up in the church? So and what we experienced through that time. So, yeah. Do you want to start off? I'll let you take the lead and just run with it. And, you know, I'll interject if we want to kind of bounce back and forth. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Heck yeah. I gotta say, just for all of our listeners, all three of you at this rate, lol, um, we are recording this virtually and from a distance, so if there's ever any weird pauses, we're gonna try to edit those out. Um, we might even edit this out, but just know yep. that it's because we're staring at each other through a screen. <laughs> so um, yeah, one of the reasons that we're doing this podcast is because we um, know that there are a lot of people out there who have also experienced some strange and or negative and or just unpleasant things in the church. But at the same time, and this is speaking for myself, I value the Christian church greatly and I'm still like a member of a church. So this isn't designed to be a place where we are hating 
on the Christian church in any way, shape, or form. We are strictly here to share our experiences growing up in the church for this first season. And if we continue onwards, we'll see where other seasons take us. But yeah, I just really wanted to clarify that. Christina, do you want to add anything on? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We are not here to hate on the church today. Now, I have a different experience than Amanda. She is still involved in a church, which is awesome. I am not. I'm actually more towards uh, my heritage and going more towards the Jewish faith, which, you know, I haven't done too much research on it. I'm still new to it. I know I'm Jewish by heritage, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, So we have two very different approaches to this. However, the bottom line is still the same. We are not here to bash on religion in any way. And as you know by our trailer, we are here to... Yes, kind of talk about how the Christian church or the evangelical church isn't doing some things right and that has affected us and kind of messed us up in a way. Uh, However, there are some things they're doing right and maybe some recommendations we can make to kind of highlight those right things. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Okay, yeah, but I'm glad that you brought that up first. Uh, another reason yeah. why we're doing this is this is che- this is cheaper than therapy. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to someone who's in therapy right now, and oof, it's so helpful, but also, like, so expensive. I mean, honestly, I did try and set up therapy Girl, appointments. It- so, I mean, therapy is important. Um, yeah. It is. And this is, this is just another outlet mm-hmm. for us to express ourselves and kind of just just talk about stuff because you're right I know so many people who have gone through similar things to me and they're like mm-hmm. man the church kind of messed me up and I go yep let's talk about it because I I don't know too many I know you're a little bit more familiar with podcasts that kind of talk about mm-hmm. this stuff but I I personally I don't know of any so we'll we'll we're kind of totally shrugging at each other fun. right now <laughs> it'll work <laughs> out for sure but what is your background in the evangelical church kind of talk about yourself for a minute and the experiences that you had leading up to now Yeah, for sure. So, oh boy. (laughs) Um, I've been to a total of eight churches throughout my life, which sounds like a lot, but when I I wrote them out, um, I'm not going to name any of them by name because I do uh, respect them and the people who work there, and I just don't want to, this isn't an opportunity to call people out, but absolutely. um, the first church that I went to, I spent the first 18 years of my life at pretty much one church, which I think is a pretty... um, great thing in a lot of ways, but also um, a little problematic in some other ways. So basically, I grew up in a medium-sized, non-denominational Christian church. Um, I was there from preschool through uh, my first year of college. My family took like a short amount of time to go to a different church, and that other church was like a medium-large Assemblies of God church, I think. I wasn't able to look it up very well. Just for our listeners, when you say medium size to large size, it's about like how big was the congregation? So just making a note here, I'm talking about the first church that so I ever went to. So in the church's heyday, it was about, I don't know how to label it in people, but it was a four service church. So they had a Saturday night service Dang. and two Sunday morning services and a Sunday night service. So the sanctuary probably okay. held about like, maybe 300 people so like it was it was pretty big in its good days I think now um it's down to one service it's shrunk quite a bit but in its heyday it was a big church um but it also still only had one campus it wasn't like a mega church with multiple locations throughout um, gotcha gotcha okay the city yeah yeah so 
went there for most of my life. Um, there was a short period of time where my family went to an Assemblies of God church. At least I'm pretty sure it was an Assemblies of God church. It doesn't exist anymore, so I can't look it up. And when I was there, I think I went to kids church once maybe, and it was not a pleasant experience. And we will talk about that more on our next episode. Um, but my main memories of that church are going to a <laughs> going to like a very traditional mm-hmm. service really early in the morning with my parents and I remember one morning asking my dad why he didn't wear a dress to church like oh, the wow. pastor because the pastor wore like robes gotcha. because it was like that formal sort of service yeah so my parents got a kick out of that <laughs> of course they did because daddy why aren't you wearing a dress he's wearing a dress oh of course they did Exactly. And they were like, what the heck? And I was like, well, it's what our pastor wears. So here we are. Um, But yeah, after a while, I convinced my parents to go back to our original church because all of my friends went there and I liked it better. And they had better snacks. And I continued going to that church through junior high and high school and into my early years of college. And then when I was in high school and late in high school and early in college, I was dating a guy Um, for almost a grand total of four years. And we kind of decided together that we wanted to pick out a church together because at that point in time, we had intentions of getting married one day, which is another discussion for another episode too. Another discussion for another later episode, yeah. And (laughs) let me just say, thank God I didn't marry that man. Um, Mm. But we picked out a college church together, which at the time it was a church plant that the church that I had grown up going to was supporting. And it was a really... so. Yeah, go for it. Definition of church plant. Just got to think. Like, Touche. They yeah. may not know so, what that is. So True. So a church plant is essentially a tiny plant, a tiny plant, a tiny group of people who meet together um, with the intention of becoming a church someday or because they are a church. And they are usually funded by and supported by leadership in other churches. Gotcha. Um, with the idea that each church will reach a different group of people. So this little itty-bitty baby church plant was small and met in the downtown area of our city, so it was also hip and cool. Oh, super hip, super cool. I went there for a while and also ran into some of my other friends who I've known throughout life there. Um, And I think I was there, gosh, for a grand total of three years, more or less. And it it was it was a place I never really felt welcome there it Mm. morphed into a very large church pretty quickly and the majority of the people who went there were of a um I guess like young professional nature so like 30 and I was like 19 so there was a very big gap there in life experience yeah, while it's not a big one, it's still a significant one because you're exactly, at different points yeah. in your life. Exactly, yeah. The life experience between our ages was drastically different, which was like, I mean, it's fair, but never really found a huge community there. Um, and also for a short amount of time while I was going to that church, there was this like strange cult-like church on my college campus that tried to recruit me and my friends to go there and we were like oh this is cool weekly bible study is like yeah we can dig it and then we eventually realized that they were part of like the boston movement and were very uh narrow in their views of who is saved and who is not saved and that's another boston movement yeah it's like a whole i got lost in like 
a research pit while researching them and where that term came from. So, like, we can talk about them someday when we talk about different denominations because, like, moral of the story was they were very much... Gotcha, gotcha. But it's not a denomination. No, it's... It, it just wasn't a de- denomination that you were interested in. No, no, because, yeah, their okay. theology was basically like, if you're not baptized into our church, you're going to hell. So that was, uh, that was. Oh, yay. Yeah. Where's the toxic theology uh, mm. w- uh, dog? The Oh, toxic theology watchdog. <laughs> woof, woof, woof. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Love that Twitter <laughs> account. That's a Twitter shout out to account. them. Definitely yes. follow them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that was like a short amount of time in college. Um. Towards my later years of college, one of my friends invited me to, like, a really badass church. And I say badass in, like, I don't know, in the meaning that, like, these people kicked butt and were just awesome. However, they were incredibly far away from where I lived, which was kind of a pain in the butt. But the people at that church really made it worth it. We had, like, weekly um, college-age meetings, which was so, so great because that was what I was missing at the church I had been to before was, like, people my own age that I could relate to um, and talk about Christianity with. And I think one of the things that I really loved about that suburban church was that um, pretty much all of the college age kids felt comfortable gathering together after like our college Bible study services um, in the kitchen, which I think kitchens are one of the most intimate places in a house or in like a church building because it's like where the food is served and it's always warm and it usually smells pretty good in there. And I remember having some of the greatest... Exactly. Yeah. It's like so inviting. I just remember having some of the greatest conversations looking at different points of views about theology and politics and other subjects in that kitchen at that random suburban church. Um, And I think that that's that's probably the first church since my childhood church that I ever felt comfortable at and welcome in and um, accepted at. And then... Oh, gosh. That's church number five. So we're uh, halfway down this list. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's going to be so much shorter because my church experience has been very limited. But it's been so, like... I know. It's been so impactful on me that that's just basically where I'm at in life. And so I know that you're going through this whole thing. And mine's Mm going to be like, yeah, so it's going to last about five minutes. (laughs) And that's why I was like, let her go first. Dude. I feel you, and also while I was looking at this, I realized there's a ninth church that I completely oh my forgot God, to put God, Amanda, here, and ninth cow, church. I'm just going to insert it right here. We'll call this, I know, I know, I swear to God, I am the church hopper, church shopper, but not really, because it's, it. I stayed at all these places for more than like six yeah. months, so I don't call that church shopping. Like, if I'm not purchased in there by then, mm. it just something's wrong i apologize to all of our listeners my cat is loud and mad and we're just gonna try to edit her out so where were we again oh right so we'll call it church five and a half or so um really sweet really tiny united methodist community loved it yeah learned a lot there Jeez. and just didn't stay there because i just didn't it was a great church though so so far i've um I've oh geez what is that we're at three denominations now and six different churches so here we are so um I went to that suburban church and the tiny um United Methodist Church 
until I met my now husband. And Mm. when we started dating, he hadn't really been going to a church per se for a while. And I um, had been going to the suburban church for a while, but also was kind of getting tired of making a very lengthy commute there every Sunday morning. And also my entire community of people who used to go there left. And like, I don't know how you feel about churches, but like when your friends are gone and like there's no one there that you know, like why keep going? And I'm sure that there are plenty of people who can answer What's the that point? Honestly, question. yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't know what you look for or looked for or appreciated about your church. And I'm sure we're going to get there. But, like, I looked for and appreciated and still look for and appreciate more than anything, like, a sense of community. Um, because I think at the end of the day, like, that is the cornerstone of any great church is having an open and accepting community where people feel welcome and comfortable. Mm-hmm. So eventually we... My now husband and I, who was my boyfriend at the time, picked out a church that some of our friends went to because we figured that would uh, be an easy place for us to find community. So it was another non-denominational church, pretty par for the course, um, just your basic standard um, reformed view of salvation church, which I also disagree with reformed theology and Calvinism, and we can get into that another time. But um, basically it was like just this non-denominational. Yeah, see, that's another thing is you know so much about these like different denominations and the theology oh behind God. stuff. I'm just like, I had a bad experience, so and I'm dipping. I feel like the whole, and I feel like that's why this is also so important is because like you and I have like drastically different issues. Like I have a lot of bones to pick with theology that I think is honestly incorrect, but people rely on it because it is um, historically accepted, but also... Yeah, and it's it's kind of at the core. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, the important thing for me, at least, is that, like, the Gospels are truth, and really that's what matters, and living like Jesus is the whole entire point. But, um, so yeah, we went to this non-denominational church with nine congregations, and hoped that we would find community and welcoming space there, but really it just felt very not welcoming, um... It was, yeah, we had some really bad experiences there, um, including bad experiences with premarital counseling, Mm. which, like, when we get to an episode on mental health. Oh, we can get into that. That was a hot We'll get into that in later episodes. But I remember you talking about that. Yeah, no, that was not a good time. I remember that. Biblical counseling is not mental health care. Um, Mm. So we stayed at that church for about two years. And then... After one misogynistic comment too many, we left. Good. And then we went to a centralized Bible church for like six months, which was actually, that church um, is much older than like the suburban college group church that I went to for a while. And that church had planted the suburban college church that I went to for a while. So that was like a cool connection. Um, But like that church was pretty, we both felt it was pretty basic. It was honestly... So one thing that I probably should have mentioned earlier is that my entire life I went to private Christian schools, like literally K through 12. So like there's a lot about the Bible and theology and like hermeneutics that I learned and am tired of learning. So we went to this church for like six months. Yeah. And and that's like another level, honestly, for you is just like, meanwhile, I did go to like charter schools Mm -hmm. they were not religious though in any way um but that's just another difference between the two of us you literally every single part of your life pretty much had something to do with religion um and the evangelical church 
in some yeah. kind of way, which is interesting because yeah, it's just truly. different perspectives, different perspectives, which is cool because yeah. that's important on this is to have different perspectives. Truly, yeah. And I think, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it definitely has impacted, I think in any way, having so much Christianity as a part of my childhood has made me very disaffected in some ways that like, I just don't, I feel like I can recite Bible verses in my sleep and can also explain some basic theology in my sleep as well. And mm-hmm. it just has made Absolutely. some things very exhausting and hard to deal with. So yeah, after going to that one, like just, Bible church, chill, non-denominational, um, very vanilla. We were invited to a Labor Day weekend party hosted by the um, pastor of a Anglican church, which I had never really been particularly interested in Anglicanism. I honestly cannot tell you very much about Anglicanism. I don't know a ton about it but what I do know is that um, a year later we're still attending an Anglican church and we have finally found a community where we feel loved and accepted and cared for um, and supported even through the midst of a pandemic which says a lot yeah so, it does that's so good though <laughs> that's so good that it you, really is like so that it only took eight churches to get to lucky number nine. Oh lord right <laughs> So yeah, that's where um, that's where I'm at right now in my church journey, um, and I love our little church. Good, and they care about people a lot, which is the highest, probably the highest thing on my checklist is that they love and care about yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely. Because as we're gonna delve into my uh, experience in the church, it's it's. Very different from Amanda's, just in the fact that it's similar, though, in the one aspect where I also grew up in the same church for the first 18 years of my uh, almost 18 years of my life. Like we from ages zero (laughs) to maybe about five when my family lived on the other side of town, we went to another church. I literally remember Mm -hmm. Jack from that. So I consider most of my memories to be from the church that. I grew up in and like came into adulthood. Um, so that church uh, was, I would say a small church. If, if I'm kind of going off of what you said for like mid-size to large, I would say a small church because um, only two services and they were both on Sunday. And that like Wednesday night stuff as well, but that was uh, extracurricular. So uh, on Sunday they had the two services and then they had like children's services and stuff like that maximum, I think amount of people that could be fit into the mm-hmm. building when it was smaller was about maybe a hundred max and that never happened and then now they do have a bigger building so now it would be a um maybe about 150 200 max again uh they don't really utilize the whole space to fit as many people as they can mm-hmm. uh, at least from what i remember when i was last there so um that was my experience, though. I remember from a young age, my parents were always involved in the youth programs and mainly with um, the teenagers. So I was maybe fourth, fifth grade at this time. I wasn't too close to joining like the junior high or high schoolers, but I always remember I was, you know, their kid. You know, they would always be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's their kid. 
and these people they it was the high schoolers that would address me as such there was always just kind of like this disconnect there and it kind of sucked um also i also remember being very involved in helping out so i mm-hmm. always I don't know. There was always like kind of it felt like yeah. the separation between me and other people my age and then me and other people older than me and then kind of me and people younger than mm-hmm. me because my brother was in the church as well and those were his friends. So I never really wanted to like step on his toes and over overreach my boundaries there. So I was always just kind of like helping out on the sidelines. Um, I had an experience on a mission trip there, which mm-hmm. was not the best. Uh, and then... I just remember as I was coming into my own, as I was going up through this church. Oh, yeah. I should have said this right off the bat, but it was a Southern Baptist denomination. Mm-hmm. Oops. Anyway, Southern Baptist denomination. Uh, and I think, I think it's very, it's a very close minded one. And Oof. they, uh, it was, it was when I hit 18 Actually, a little bit before then, I started to realize, like, I didn't like going to church. I okay. was more so, like, on my days off, I That's wanted okay. to do my own thing. And I would get a little a little knock on my door every morning, and I would hear, you know, hey, are you coming to church? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like going today. So I kind of got this guilt trip from my folks. Nothing nothing against them. They, they were doing their thing. This is not, I'm not bashing my parents in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's when I realized, like, Maybe this is the place for me. And when I went off to college, um, I kind of had some some experiences there with mm-hmm. the church on campus, and it was okay. I never felt like I wasn't welcome there, which was cool. Uh, but it, mm-hmm. it just never really um, fit my thing. Now I know that as we were growing up, I have some memories of being involved in your church. I think you have some of being involved in mine, but they're very they're very faint. They're nothing that really stood out. So yeah, I got a really strong taste for mega churches because I went to one that's very prominent uh, where we live. And it just, you know, everyone was kind of doing the same thing. And it's something I wasn't comfortable with, specifically when it came to, like, the worship. Everyone was closing their eyes, raising their hands. It's never been my thing. And I got a couple weird looks and weird, um, like, just kind of people whispering, like, she's, she's not doing it. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's not how I do things. Like, I'm sorry. So I just, I got a distaste for mega churches because you, I don't feel there's that intimacy mm-hmm. that should be there with religion. I feel like it's definitely one where you can kind of sneak in yeah. and sneak out and you showed up and that's that all that matters. stamp on your passport. Where there's none of that like connection and that intimacy that, mm, yeah, right? Yeah. And my folks are going to another, I wouldn't call it a mega church, but it's a definitely big. Mm-hmm. Um, they're seating at theirs. My dad was saying, he says maybe a thousand. It's huge. Whoa, that's big. Kudos wow. to them, though. They are doing great with the pandemic, and they are taking every possible precaution, and they just reopened their doors, I think, a couple weeks ago, and they're um, limiting how people can come to services, mm-hmm. and they're social distancing, so kudos. Very proud of them for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah. don't, like, every single time I go there, and this could be stemming from my experience in the church that I grew up in, because it was not a good one. We'll get into details for later episodes, but I just get very, very uncomfortable in, in big mega churches, and that's just where, mm-hmm. that's where it's at there. But I mean, and to this day, I've, I've never really tried to try and find like another church. That's never been a motivator for me. Um, like I said, I am trying to delve into kind of my personal history and um, genealogy. That's been more important to me. So if going by my heritage, I'm Jewish. So I'm looking more into that. I'm actually wearing <laughs> my Star of David necklace that is also uh, 
It's also an oil diffuser. It's fantastic. I was going to ask if it was a locket. Um, yeah, no, so it's an oil diffuser, so I've okay. got uh, eucalyptus in there, right? Because I was trying to calm myself down. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I know that we talked about this. Um, we mentioned the rose-colored glasses, so we kind of talked about when we started to realize that we had issues with the church just in a general way not so much with the specific church that we were in but we just had an issue with church in general um i can talk about mine real quick and then if you want to go into yours yeah that sounds yeah go for it uh, i mean because I, I i just have the notes right here so i can pinpoint it exactly because i go think about it. college i think about college mm-hmm. and specifically the election of 2012 oh because lord Right, because we had just, I mean, I had just turned 18. It was the first uh, election we could vote in. And so I remember sitting there thinking, you know, I was mainly looking at all the Republican candidates because being um, from the very conservative family, you know, that's just where all my mind went. And I remember, you know, oh, you know, I like that. I'm not going to name any of them in particular because I don't want to embarrass myself. But because, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God. But I remember looking at a couple and being like, yeah. yeah, that one, no, that one, you know, that one too, you know, they, they all got good ideas. And, That's okay. Yeah. And I remember specifically, like, being very pulled for, was gung-ho for the guy who was the head of the Republican Party. And I remember sitting down and thinking after that election, I was like, why? Why? Why was I so pulled toward him? And I remember thinking, like, huh, I'm really not. Because all they kind of want to do is this kind of control and I, I didn't like it and it was at that point that I was like huh maybe I need to start rethinking what happened to me in the church and what happened to me that made me think that I don't know I'm kind of rambling here okay. Help me out. I think what you're getting at is that like y- that was the moment that caused you to stop and reflect on like why you thought that the church that like evangelical christianity had to be tied with conservative politics thank you thank you sorry my brain was like it was starting to kind of fizzle out and i could see the smoke coming out my ears like okay where am i trying to go with this uh but yes and then i had an experience really soon after that where i went back to the church that i grew up in and whenever i would go back to the church that i grew up my mom did a lot of the production stuff so she was always back Mm -hmm. in the sound booth um the audio booth doing all the techie stuff and that was kind of where I wanted to sit I like to be further away from the crowd and I remember Mm -hmm. sitting there listening to a sermon and I remember thinking I was like not everyone I know would like what he's saying and he's telling some of my friends that there's something wrong with them when there isn't and Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking like if they were in that crowd like if I had invited them to my church that day they'd be sitting in the crowd going all he's doing is bashing who I am so, and it was probably one of the first sermons I didn't just sit down, fill in the blanks and leave, you know, I actually sat down and I listened to what he was saying and I was, oh, 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 I have a problem. <laughs> so that's when I really started to like oh, retrospect yeah. and think about, you know, okay, let me see what, where these issues really lie for me. And then I did probably a complete 180. So that's yeah. super fun. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, when did the rose colored glasses come off for you? So... Oh, man. I think it was really early, which also um, I know that this also like ties in very tightly with my Enneagram number, which is an Enneagram eight, which also like oftentimes eights experience like a loss of innocence very early. But I think the moment that I became like 
wary of churches to some degree, um, but also just like wary of other people in general was when I was, when my parents switched over to the second church that I ever went to. um, And I went to the kids church and I remember the church that I grew up in, like everybody knew me everyone was nice to me. Like my best friend was the pastor's daughter, for goodness sakes. Like it was a very comfortable, like familiar, friendly children's church environment. And then my parents switched churches and our new church, I like showed up and like, obviously nobody knew who I was because like, why would they? I was a first or second grader, like whatever. Um, but nobody was really welcoming or kind and like none of the kids befriended me and like it just felt very like cliquish and uncomfortable and for a first or second grader in a new environment that's just really rough and uncomfortable and hard and I think that that was the moment where I was like wait a second like I'm so used to being comfortable and welcomed and like to have people to play (laughs) with um that that was the moment where I was kind of like, man, maybe like not all churches are the same. Like not every kid's church is awesome. And I think it's also really important to know that I was like a super judgmental child. So like this also could be me reflecting on a memory and blowing it way out of proportion. But I just like distinctly remember not feeling welcomed or comfortable at this new church and never wanting to go back to kid's church again. Um, and you that was a very judgmental child. <laughs> Oh gosh, I'm yes, no, absolutely. There's no, you've gotten better. It's there's fine. no lies about you've gotten that. better. I know it's gotten um, better. It's gotten way better now. I just because yeah. we should have said this earlier, but I mean we grew up together, you know, and entire lives. Yeah, like we've known my each whole other life. I know I'm the younger lives. one by nine life. months because you're younger. Than but uh, <laughs> no, yeah. So I completely agree with that. That going into a situation, especially as a kid, and not really having any friends, it sucks. And my, I know for a fact that the church that I grew up in, mm-hmm. oh, clicks were huge. Clicks were huge. And the, the mm-hmm. friends that I would make, and this is not bashing them in any way, they wouldn't stick around. And oh, that's yeah. fine. They were doing their own thing, but I was still there. So yeah. I had to deal with the clicks that had already been formed, and I never fit in with them. Mm-hmm. So, and and sometimes it's not because I was friends with one of these girls, like, when we were younger. And then as we went to junior high, high school, the yeah. friend kind of died out. Which is, it's fine. It's life. It's what happened. But I totally agree with you. They don't have those solid friendships. Yeah. In there, it is detrimental as growing up through the church, and if you feel welcome, it's just you just feel like an outsider at that point. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough, but yeah, no, I mean, I can I can kind of see mm-hmm. instances in my experience with the church that maybe the rose-colored glasses started coming off sooner, but mm-hmm. yeah, really, really, it was the election of 2012 that that hit me, and I really started to think about it. There were times when I was like, you know, this is this is kind of messed up. I didn't really like what happened here, but uh, I just kind of brushed yeah. it off because it was the church. Yeah, it was all truly, I knew. truly. Yeah. And I think that's a moment. I think that's something that I'm also like really thankful about for like my own journey through Christianity in the church is that for a large portion, actually, it might have been all of high school. My small group leader, like my Bible study leader, was very vocal about the fact that she was a Democrat and that she was like very, very supportive of human rights and women's rights and social services. And that really on one hand, like, challenged me to think differently because, like, of course, I also grew up in a relatively conservative household, probably not as conservative as yours, but it Fair. was very... I win um, on that category. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it was very... um 
I don't know, it was very refreshing to have a Bible study leader who looked at things differently and was very open about it, but not in like an imposing way. It was just like, a, hey, like in four years, you're going to be able to vote. Like it's important to start thinking about these things now um, rather than just like clinging to what your parents believe. And I remember she like directed us to like a political alignment quiz on the Internet when that was like new, which was really, really cool. So, yeah. I think that's something that I'm really thankful for is that like in all of the ways that the church um, didn't do great things like our church. Yeah, was that's really nice. I'm glad that you had that because in political I did not. Standing, if uh, <laughs> yeah, ways. no, the church that I grew up in was just super conservative and that's all they really preached. And it kind of it killed me because they almost yep. <laughs> burned a lot of bridges with people in their own congregation that had grown up in their congregation because mm-hmm. of those very closed off conservative beliefs. And it sucked. But I mean. The whole, mm-hmm. like, this this isn't, again, I'm going to bring it back around to this, that this podcast is not going to be about religion bashing. We are not mm-hmm. here to do that. Um, what I think the point of this is, go- what we're going to really try and do is just pinpoint our own, like I said, our own personal experiences and um, maybe talk about ways that we yeah. want the church to improve. Because, you know, I'd love to feel welcome again in a church, but until it comes to that point, yeah. I don't I don't really know when that'll happen. But... I have one question. I think we're about to wrap up for now, but I have one question yeah. for each of us before we wrap up this first episode. Um, summarize how you feel about your experience with the American Evangelical Church. I'll try and keep it to a couple sentences, but I cannot guarantee okay. anything. It's so um, fun. I am a positive person. I like a positive outlook on life. And unfortunately for me, the Evangelical Church has been a very negative one. And... I would like to see that turn around. It, it was a very closed off, very one-sided way of thinking things, very black and white. And I think there's a lot of gray area that the church needs to start addressing and accepting or else they're just going to continue to shut everybody out. I definitely, I have a, oh gosh, I don't know how many times I'm going to say this. I have a podcast recommendation for you. Um. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I will always take podcast recommendations because yours are like ones that'll make you think me while mine are like, uh, they're about, um, you know, conspiracy theories and. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's fine. But anyway, go ahead. What was the I like those ones too. Um, it's called God is Gray and it's all about recognizing and finding the truth in the gray spaces between nice. the black and white. So. I, I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. All right. For sure. Yeah. I think that the way that I currently feel about my experience with the American Evangelical Church, I think if I had to put it in one word, it would be grab bag. Like, you never really know what you're going to find until you walk through a certain church's doors. I mean, like, even obviously, like, if a church has, like, a Southern Baptist denomination sign out front or an LDS denomination, like, sign out front, like, you can kind of get an idea of what you're going to be walking into but at the same time I think that there are so many nuances um to each and every church that it's so I don't know from my own personal experience like you never really know what you're going to experience until you're there and like some churches handle things really well and handle Mm -hmm. other things really poorly um which I'm sure we will get into some of those discussions of like things some churches have done well and others they have done poorly and how that has affected us but oh absolutely absolutely yeah i completely agree i I think that'll be 
definitely one for later episodes because we've already got a couple mapped out. Um, any closing thoughts that you have for this first episode? Thanks, everybody, for listening yes. for as long as you have because we just kind of blabbed about ourselves for the last, uh, you know, 35 minutes, 40 minutes. I don't even know right now. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so many thanks to our uh, small listener base, especially for sitting through my 10 minutes of droning on about all of the different churches I've been to. Um for sure. If you want to follow us on Twitter, our handle is at DearGodWTH. And yeah, you can always follow us there and reach us there. Yep. And I think that's it for now. Yep. And right now, the podcast, yeah, the podcast is up on Spotify. And there was another one that I got uploaded, but I'm sure by the time we upload this episode, that'll be on all streaming platforms but yeah no that was a good way to wrap it up we are on twitter and that's pretty much it right now nowhere else (laughs) we'll see if we need more social media (laughs) (laughs) we might not we'll see yeah it's fine we'll see but thank you all so much for listening yeah Yes, thank you so much for listening. Join us next week. We are going to start talking about um, our childhoods and specific things and kind of go kind of in an age flow here. So, yep. See you later. Yeah. All right. See you later. (laughs) Bye. Oh, God, I have to press the stop button.